Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio South Asian show. My name's Gerns. I'm joined here by Simran. How are you doing? Hello, hello. I am very well, thank you. How are you? I know that's a lie because I've just asked you how you are off I, camera. You know what? Yeah, I, was, I said it. I said it. I was like, um, am I about to lie right now? And then I was like, I know I've just literally told Carlos that my brain is actual poop. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not well. I'm, so, I'm sorry to hear that, but anyone out there doing a master's solidarity with you right now actually we'll talk about this yeah toxic mm. positivity this was my this was my draft di- dissertation idea was toxic positivity in the workplace and how you're so forced to be like i'm fine when really you're not mm. but, but um that's not what today's episode is about guys yeah we thought you know it's it's weird you know so basically the topic of today's um show is south asian heritage month which is really weird and i feel like we always kind of miss it every year because it runs from halfway through july to halfway through august and that's why i always end up missing it because it's not like oh okay it's july like this is south asian heritage month it's like midway through july oh it's south asian heritage month i'm just like oh wait like I forgot, I forgot basically Ask us to make it like awkward who starts a month in the middle of the month i don't know i don't maybe is it so that it gets partition in it at the end i, I don't know whether that was deliberate or not I, I don't know but we are here um and we are you know it's coming up to mid-august so i thought you know what we need to do something because we're a south asian show so it'd be silly for us not to um commemorate south asian heritage month and i know we've talked a bit before about like kind of what heritage means to us but wanted to kind of come at it from a different angle so simran i think you wanted to kick off things i think it was more like we started brainstorming ideas and being like what does being south asian and what does your south asian heritage mean to you but i think we have spoken about that a lot of times on this show in that like in terms of identity and stuff but where I wanted to kind of take it was like our experience of being South Asian in the diaspora and what it means to be South Asian in 2022 and like yeah and I guess expand on what I spoke about a couple of episodes ago about identity and how we interact with one another within our community and how that kind of expands onto our interactions with the wider community in the diaspora right and so I let's, think- let, let's unpack that a bit because I feel like I'm like nodding because I've like heard that before yeah. I feel like everyone else they'll be a bit like lots of big words sounds very eloquent but <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about I just just the experience of being like a first gen second gen third gen immigrant um in this country in the UK um or wherever you are really but just obviously speaking from our experience in the UK um and just our experience of being South Asian and what that means to us and kind of I think how everyone takes on their own meaning of it and sometimes I think this can be great because obviously being South Asian is the culmination of so many different cultures and religions and ethnicities and ethnic identities and languages and you know everything right but i think sometimes the way it can intertwine with one another in a country like the uk when obviously we're influenced by all different kinds of cultures coming in all the time i think 
I don't want to use the word toxic, but just sometimes it can have negative implications. And I think some people use their like ethnic identity or the way that they interpret it to kind of police other people and put their interpretation onto other people and use that as the template for how one should act. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, touching on what you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, you were talking a bit about how you sometimes would get called coconut or still get called coconut um, just because you don't act um, externally you don't appear to act a certain way that other people are policing you and expecting you to act. But then do you think, uh, but then the reality for you is uh, you were saying how, if you do delve into it, you actually do tick off a lot more stereotypical boxes than other people. But do you think even if someone didn't act that way and they were purely like just, they were internally acting as they were externally in terms of not being, totally connected to the stereotypical roots of what it means to be south asian what it means to be brown that's still fine isn't it because like at the end of the day there's no book on what you need to like do in order to be considered something like it's literal facts like it's in your dna that that's the pure matter of it right i need to say like obviously that video was made light-hearted like it was not really taken I'm not supposed to be taken like so 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 serious it was just me going on like a quick little rant obviously like I feel like the word coconut gets thrown about very easily like if we're going to go off just the word coconut itself it gets thrown about very easily and obviously it is like hard I know people don't really attribute a whole bunch of meaning to it but I like it need to I need to make it clear that like it can have an impact in that no one gets to have a say on how much you connect with where you come from india pakistan sri lanka malaysia like no one gets to bangladesh bangladesh before helena listens back to this and it goes yeah, off oh, yeah. <laughs> but no one gets to have a say is what i'm saying it's 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 you how much you connect with it is on you whether i i can sit there and be like oh i get annoyed when people say this because i tick the stereotypical boxes and i speak punjabi and i xyz i can list it all off right whatever that's not important though if you don't do any of those things it's okay i don't get to have an opinion on it if you think it's important and that's something you want to incorporate into your life, then go and learn about it. You know, free up some time and go and learn about where you come from, your language and like the food, learn to cook it. I don't know, but it's not in my place to have an opinion and it's not my place to try and impose what I believe onto you. Personally, I want my kids to speak Punjabi. I want them to know about our history. I want them to know about Sikhi. I want them to go to the Gurdwara and stuff like that. So for me, I think it's important to carry on that tradition. Hence why I've taken the time to learn about it because I want to carry that on generationally, right? If that's not your prerogative, cool. Yeah, I think that's fine. And I think that makes complete sense. I think my personal opinion is when it gets to the point where people are so disengaged with their ethnic roots that they are acting or speaking in a way that is actually causing harm to that community so for example if someone is so ignorant um to not um engage in say like say say for example someone is still part of the south asian community there is still a major problem in terms of colorism and anti-blackness within the majority of south asian communities if someone isn't taking the um 
effort to educate themselves on the fa- why this exists and how to help eradicate it and doing their part in that sense then i think that is like you can't say like that um you can't just say that's their prerogative to do like that because ultimately that is you are part of that community you are um you have a responsibility therefore to actually educate yourself educate the people around you or for example people that would like maybe speak um ill of their roots like some people that are effectively whitewashed or if you're gonna go to the lengths of saying coconut um that are so like on that level that they would they want to disregard their ethnic heritage because they want to assimilate in which is i can understand why people want to do that because obviously we live in a white dominated society just like we live in a patriarchal society um but i think you gotta stay true to yourself and you can't give in and i think in my opinion it's quite fickle to do that Mm -hmm. what i mean like what, off, off, I totally agree with what you said, but like off the back of what I just said, I'm talking more about like what people feel in their personal connectedness to their roots and their like own personal take on stuff that's more, I guess, surface level, like culture and language and food and stuff like that. But obviously, you can't deny that it's a social issue. It's politicized, and if you and I just feel like we're not in a position in this country to ignore politics because that's privilege. You know, and you have to acknowledge your privilege. If you're in a position that you can ignore social issues, you have to acknowledge that you're in a very privileged position, right? And a lot of us aren't in this country. And you have to kind of support your people where you can. You have to be aware of these issues, like you said, colorism, anti-blackness. There are so many things that are rife and will continue to be rife if we don't speak up on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go on. No, go for it. And I think people you see a a lot of people I think in denial of where they come from and maybe that's an attempt to assimilate because obviously assimilation comes from a place of survival it's a survival tactic right you need to blend in you need to you know kind of make nice with people and make sure that you are relating to them on a level where you know they're going to take you in and kind of take you in as their own and look after you in a country that's completely foreign to you fair but as a South Asian person living in the UK it's of we obviously come from it like you a lot of people have their grandparents or their parents from India we're not that far away from it do you know what I mean like it's still very interconnected with us so it's hard to deny that that's a thing mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah when it's so clear right in front of you like it, it's not like um I think for certain um groups um ethnic groups that might have been here for example if we're going to delve into it i know obviously people from um europe are still white but there might be people who have like french german italian spanish um ancestry um that is probably a bit more far-rooted in terms of their great 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 um granddad or whatever might have been from um central europe and came over here and the fact that that is there's so many generations ago it might have become a bit more um what's the word um diluted in a sense of the connection to that um as part of your ancestry but like you're saying it's um it is so much like for example i think like like you said your your grandparents came over here right so that's like and that's like what is that there's only one generation between that my personally my dad only came over here like um 
what is it? It's 30. What is it? It's, oh, yeah, it's 2022. No, it's 2020. Yeah, it's 2022. So it's 30 years in a month. It'll be 30, 30 years since he's came over here. Um, Halima as well. I know both her parents um, uh, came over here. So it is a case of it's very much like right in front of us. Like it's hard to ignore in terms of the culture and the um, all of the essence basically of emigration. And that story is very much right in front of you. So it is like you say, it's very, if, you, if you're not like taking that into consideration and learning about it and sort of, even if you don't want to like, preach about it just being proud of it in yourself i feel like if you're not doing that then i'm a bit like well why because ultimately that is so much a part of you i just think as well like even if if we get away from the politics side of it as well it's a part of you that you can't deny exists like Mm. you live in like england where obviously a lot of people are white depending on where you're from as well specifically in england but like your skin's brown you know like you can't deny it and like if you go home and you're speaking like hindi punjabi urdu whatever like it's something that you can't deny so i don't know why a lot of people like come out and they just deny that it's a thing like you know when they like might say for example like when i went to uni i definitely very easily could have just been like no i i'm I'm like like, you guys you know yeah i denied it all and just kind of been like really took on like a coconut personality like everyone said i was you know what i mean Mm. But if anything, I feel like it pushed me more to learn about it. As in like when growing up, I was around brown people. So I never really felt like I needed to know anything about it because it was the norm. Whereas going to an environment where I was vastly, vastly a minority for the first time, which is obviously kind of weird in this country considering, but I was the minority. It made me actually connect with it more and want to know about the facts more and about like the last century of like history and stuff like that so i just feel like it depends it's obviously your take on it as as a person obviously i can't change anything but in my personal opinion i just think it's extremely interesting to have that like ethnic diversity about you and like you know culturally just to like have a connection with it Mm -hmm. yeah and i think like we've been saying as well if you had gone to university and you were still in an um, ethnic minority um, but you hadn't felt the need to delve into your um, heritage more um, because you'd spent the past 18 years already living it that would have been perfectly fine as well like I think it is ultimately like you say people's own take like I, I was sort of like in a bit of a similar situation in terms of I think it was only when I went to uni um, and I think when I first started coming to sort of realize how i might appear outwardly as well like and also just i think also it was maybe sort of being in the bubble of like um just like you said you were in that bubble of being surrounded by so many um, brown people in slough um for me it was sort of like being surrounded by the same people who i told like my ethnic heritage and that was that when you go to university all of a sudden it's very much you're in the real world and you're meeting all these new people constantly and having to well for me as well I was having to explain my explain myself almost in terms of explaining like where I'm from why why I've got a name that doesn't even like relate to my ethnic heritage all of that like I think at that point I was like sort of like well I do want to sort of engage with this a lot more because up until that point like I didn't really grow around with any um 
family around me and therefore kind of missed out quite a bit on the cultural side of things um and i think obviously being um um with a um south asian and also specifically indian hindu um partner as well for the past nearly six years um has been like a bit of like an added bonus because obviously i've kind of been fully immersed in that um family lifestyle and culture like since then which has been really nice um but I think it's also important to like kind of put out there that it's also fine to um to only engage with that at a later time like I I mean like at the end of the day I because I sort of feel I feel like if I was to start now and just start um going around wearing traditional clothes and um listening to hindu chants and whatnot unless i'd actually had some kind of spiritual awakening that would be incredibly fake on my part because i haven't grown up acting like that like the most that i've grown up with is in being um like having a bit of the food here and there and certain um brown dad um characteristics sort of thing like in terms of like hard working but also a bit strict sometimes and um also in terms of um what was it there was something else like just doing really well in school though those kind of principles have been very much like drilled into me but apart from that i haven't really had that much of the cultural side and now it's been a case of obviously i've been exposed to that through my partner um and i've enjoyed like kind of like being a part of that and also obviously there's i i should be able to feel the fine with that because ultimately that's like 50 percent of me but at the same time there's always that kind of little voice in my head that's kind of like this is like like don't act too keen because like ultimately this is um like you didn't really know anything about this for the first 18 19 years of your life like sort of thing but at the same time i do have to continually tell myself that that is fine like and it's fine to want to learn and want to engage with and want to um also carry on like part of a culture um that is part of you um yeah and i think you can sort of it, it's fine to want to engage with culture even if you haven't um been exposed to it for multiple years because i i do think that's also important as well culture is obviously you it's what you're growing up surrounded by um, but even if that isn't the case, I think it's important that as long as you actually have some kind of connection to it, like if I was like one thirty second um, Indian and I suddenly decided I'm going to start like um, going to temple and whatnot, if you actually want to do that, fine. But if you want to do that because you're wanting to claim that part of you, that to me is a bit like, okay, but like, realistically it's also all about that it's all about that generational stuff that we were talking about as well like it's so close to you it's right there it's just because of familial circumstances that you haven't necessarily um um delved that much into it and that's fine it's it's like it's not exactly the same but it's sort of the, the fact that you yourself said that you didn't necessarily delve that much into your own culture because it was so much right in front of you and then when you were separated from it you were then like okay now i actually do want to take the effort to do it consciously sort of thing i think there's two things i want to say quickly i just remembered like i i 
it's very easy to sit here and be like oh don't deny where you come from your skin's brown at the end of the day like you can't deny it blah 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 i have to acknowledge quickly that there are circumstances where like i do completely understand why people would be in denial of it and why they would not so much feel ashamed but like just not really want to acknowledge it so i know people who are like have south asian heritage but they're from places in the uk where they were the only brown kid in their school right and they would get like bullied for it so much racial abuse like constant bullying and just obviously for a young kid to go through everyone knows it's it's horrible and it's traumatic in those kind of circumstances and like whatever circumstance like i'm not just putting that in a box i'm just saying in whatever circumstance like there are times in which i do get why someone maybe would want to shun away from that to an extent and you know would maybe have bad feelings and negative feelings towards their heritage because obviously from a very early age you're taught that you're different and you you have bad qualities because of the color of your skin obviously that's if that's drilled into you from young that's what you're going to take on as an adult and if you want to put the effort in to unlearn that and repair that that's absolutely great for you but obviously i completely understand like why you might end up with negative feelings towards your heritage because people are not nice and yeah you have discussed on this show multiple times england is racist i mean in our opinion but also like the stats are out there that show that like yeah yeah but um that was just like a side point but also back to you back to what you were saying like i think i i get exactly where you're coming from but you can't obviously change your upbringing you can't change the first 18 19 years of how you were brought up and that doesn't have any impact on the extent to which you're allowed to engage with your culture like it doesn't change anything like you're completely entitled to learn or not learn to engage yeah. and not engage and obviously like mianga coming into your life has pushed it more into your life than maybe it would have if not but even with or without mianga like you could have you're still more than entitled to you know engage in that side obviously like you said if you're one 32nd indian you still have the entitlement to do that if that was something you were passionate about maybe like there are different nuances there but at the end of the day it's a part of you and i think you're more than entitled to engage and learn about it regardless of like how engaged you were growing up yeah i think it is like you say it's it's completely up to you i think it's more in terms of in terms of the authenticity of it obviously we're not here to police what people are doing i just think it's a case of like if it is like multiple generations away you don't know like if you don't have anyone like immediately in in terms of degenerations next to you or if you've never met anyone in your life that has ever expressed any sort of um desire or external um display of engaging in that culture if you then decide to do that that for me is a bit like well it's one thing to learn about it it's another thing to actively participate in this when realistically like that isn't the like the reason why i i personally want to engage with it is because ultimately it's sort of like it at the end of the day is it's 50 percent. you know what i mean like it's sort of like no one can like say that i'm any um less because ultimately if you're gonna say well, i'm not um if i'm not indian well then what am i sort of thing do you know what i mean i mean i don't know it, it, it's probably a conversation for another day in terms of like why i would actively choose to claim my indianness but i'm not so keen to go around saying oh i'm white um which i feel like 
just to wrap that up in a nutshell, I think is because I think outwardly, I don't think, I th- I, I believe, I think I've said before, I think we live in a society where you're kind of perceived as being white or something else. Mm-hmm. And I think I kind of would fit into that something else category. So therefore I don't want to, I, I wouldn't claim that because it's just like, yeah, I mean, I, I think Halima touched on it as well, where it's sort of like, Re- there's the difference between ethnicity and race in terms of race is like how you're it's all about perception right like it's all about how you are actively perceived by other people um so you can be ethnically um one you can be ethnically um like uh half um Af- from an african country for example but then be outwardly perceived as being white sort of thing um but yeah i just think I just, I just going, going back to what I was saying about like it being a bit more diluted depending how far back it is. I like we're saying we're not here to police anyone and everyone can do whatever they want. And I would actively encourage people. Like I think as well, it's also a thing of like if you've got like a little bit of South Asian in you somewhere, then that is something like learn about it and learn about how you've also come to be. Like how has that actually happened? And I think also that's really cool as well because I think it's well it might not be cool depending on the um, history and behind it but it's also it's a bit less common i think for people especially in the uk to maybe have like a tiny bit of um something from a different country i see it i think you see it a lot more in america where someone might have like a little bit of native american or african american in them which like i say isn't always a positive thing but then it's also something that you should like learn about and learn about how you've actually come to be so i i think it's also something that we're going to see a lot more of as time goes on because i think by 2050 i think it's mixed race is meant to be like the the highest um ethnic category in the uk or the world i don't, I don't know which one but basically we're going that way so it, we're obviously becoming a lot more ethnically diverse so i suppose we'll see as to what actually happens in that regard in terms of people engaging with their culture I think like the thing is when we talk about engaging with your culture it's like as a child growing up you are more so a product of your environment and what's around you and what you're told and what you're taught growing up right as a child as an adolescent but as an adult the responsibility does go more onto you if you want to unlearn generational trauma if you want to learn about why you why you're in this country in the first place the impacts that it has the political side of it you know even in the the surface level stuff like food and um clothes and things like that you do obviously that's on you now to kind of like figure out and if you want to pursue it great if you don't great like is what it is but like I said, we're not here to police anyone and their identity. But that was my whole point in that I feel like right now it's a thing where it's like, in my personal experience, it's been very like you're either in or you're not. It's like an in-group and an out-group of like brown people in certain places or like certain um, like subcultures or whatever. And I feel like you have to fit a certain bill to be in. And if you don't, then you're out, if that makes yeah. sense. And it really, it really shouldn't be that way because like what is that saying do you like like do you really want to continue that sense of like segregation through generations and just have it be that you have to act a certain way in order to um be considered part of the community like it shouldn't be that way i think it's going to become a lot more i like at least like i was saying before it's going to become a lot more interesting as generations um continue and um 
inter um, racial relationships and families become a lot more of a prevalent thing to see how that sense of brownness or whatever it is continues and whether people like let it go or try even harder to stick to it like I'm not sure see this is a actually really interesting topic I think we have touched on this before in terms of like interracial like dating and stuff like that obviously without touching on attitudes and you know backlash that people receive in the culture um all over the place about like who you're dating and who you're allowed to date and you know people having to sneak around with like boyfriends and girlfriends and stuff just because of what um their partner's race or ethnicity is if we're ignoring that for a second I do think there is something beautiful in it in that you can bring two cultures that normally maybe wouldn't have mixed in the past, either because of politics, social stuff, they wouldn't be allowed to, or just geographically would never have like really interacted on a big scale. Like you have these cultures coming together and then you can learn about one another's and not being white British and being with someone who is also not white British. I think you have like a common ground of like you do have a lot of shared experiences and then you have a lot of additional stuff that's very different and you can share that and you can share that with each other and like learn about one another's culture but you do have a like a very mutual understanding of what it's like to have parents or grandparents who've immigrated and being in this country as uh, a person of color or someone who's not white british or english on a um non-serious side notes in regards to having um non-white british um family etc shout out to ekansu and davide um for winning love island very yeah <laughs> let's go <laughs> yeah i mean obviously um there's a bit i mean especially like turkish as well i mean um there's a bit of like a discrepancy over whether you would consider them to be white or i don't know but <laughs> i think yeah um well she's not from turkey i think her family is but also she's appeared in like turkish dramas and stuff oh Um, yeah 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 um, yeah. but it's just for me personally it's just really cool as well as like also the fact that i wanted them to win it is cool to see um two non-white brits sorry not not necessarily um not white but not british um in regards to their ethnicity and um ancestry winning um love island like he's literally i think what you would consider first gen like his family's all back in italy and she's very much like turkish in terms of her family um history is there so for me personally that was just really cool like and also like literally having someone ekansu and davide it's like not exactly those british names that you could come up with um but yeah that was just a bit of a side note i thought it was cool no, it is cool. And I just think it's one of those like examples where like we can champion people that are not from here on like a big scale. And like that needs to happen more often, especially in media, in like the creative industry, especially as well. Like, you know, actually going on to that, like let's talk about tokenism for a minute. Mm. Like how I think you can blow in a certain industry i'm talking more like creative things now but you can blow in a certain industry but then you're kept just to your like the people that you come from like just your ethnicity or race do you know what i mean or like you're always known that brown dj that brown photographer that brown artist like yeah i mean i i do think this a bit in terms of like i think because i see a lot of um brown artists and the main way for them to come up is through 
brown channels yeah. um, and avenues. I do think, like I saw one artist the other day um, who's South Asian, <clears throat> who's South Asian, and they were on one extra, and I had to kind of not tell myself off, but just be a bit like, this is a good thing because the first thing when I saw that was I was like, oh they're not on Asian network and yeah. I was just like oh well yeah that's absolutely that's perfectly that's, fine that's it's a good point. thing that's what it, was, it was supposed to break yeah. out of Asian network do you know what I mean if that makes yeah. sense not, not any hate to Asian network but you know what I mean like yeah as a, as a young artist as a new creative coming up like it's a it's the kind of from a marketing point of view it makes a lot more sense to stick to that because obviously on the whole like a brown channel or, or a black channel might be smaller than one that appeals to absolutely everyone right just because of like audience size yeah um, so it's easier to come up through those avenues you can play up to it slightly and kind of like come up through those avenues and that you appeal to the audience of like say just brown people for example if it was me I might just play up to being like being Punjabi a little bit more just to come up through those channels a little bit more but then obviously ultimately you want to blow in there and you want to make it out of the box of being brown and you want to make it nationwide I'm assuming for most people anyway yeah you just see a lot of the time that a lot a lot of people do get stuck in that box as well Mm, yeah no it's definitely confined yeah, yeah and then you get labeled as like I said the brown whatever like it's just it's kind of tokenism in that aspect and then you have a very small audience of people like a very small proportion of your audience that are not brown that will engage with you yeah yeah it is a blessing and a curse i think um it's like like say it's something to definitely be utilized in terms of i i think um it's it it's a good thing almost like is is that what's called positive discrimination in a sense that like sometimes like when you're going into like interviews or stuff like that like i am a bit like um having that sort of ethnic um um discrepancy about you i don't know if a discrepancy is the right word but basically not being white um kind of act as an advantage it might it doesn't necessitate that you won't have um bad um, experiences pertaining to race in the workplace but it does mean that you might actually end up having a bit of a better shot at getting a job or something because of the tokenism so it's a bit of a two-sided coin like and also like obviously this platform manga masala is to champion brown talent it's to showcase and spotlight brown talent and we are one of those avenues that provides a platform for brown artists to come up and well brown creatives in general to come up and like use us in a sense to kind of like get their name out there and obviously it does help but the point is i'm assuming obviously i am literally just assuming if you want to stick to like the asian network and just be a brown artist and appeal to brown audiences fabulous but like i'm assuming that people would want to like get on to like one extra you know or radio one yeah like yeah, this, this is just within the bbc channels. sphere yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah yeah not niche specific like ethnic based ones just the general broadcasting ones like do you know what i mean yeah and it doesn't mean that you can't not still be a part of the channel that first recognized you it just means that you would think that you would maybe want to um expand your horizons into different avenues and grow grow your audience base more like yeah i think then you do run the risk of people calling you a sellout which is annoying yeah well it doesn't have to be that way. like look someone like um priyaragu is like played on like um asian network initially and now she's like a pretty regular straight into radio one sort of thing and it's like it's it's, it's fine 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a good it's a good thing. Exactly. That's something yeah. you should want success for these artists. Like, if they make it out of, like, that box of, like, brownness, then if they make it out of that, that's a good thing, you know? Yeah, and especially someone like her, for example, who is still owning that part of her very much. Like, I mean, her first album is literally called Damn, She's Tamil. Like, what, like, what more do you want? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry, I'm just catching up with you. Oh, sorry i thought you were frozen i was like <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> um but yeah it's um it's complicated it's not something that we can discuss in an hour like there's so many different sections that we, we've just touched on now do you know what i mean and i'm sure when like you speak with halima she's gonna say a whole lot more like than i than i can offer honestly um but it's one of those things where it's just like it's so complicated and there are so many different experiences that I can't give my expertise on it because I'm not an expert. I can just talk about my experience and what has annoyed me in the past and what I'm doing to like combat it. And, you know, you can only do the same. Yeah, for sure. I think rounding things off in regards to our conversation, <clears throat> I just thought of an interesting thing, which is what do you think in say two or three generations time? Um, do you think, like, what do you think, like, if we obviously do have, like, kids or whatever and, like, they have kids and et cetera and there are multiple generations after us, what do you think they'll look back on when they look back, like, three generations or two generations and see what we're, what we're like or what we were doing? Do you think that you, what, what do you, I just know, I'm not saying, like, what do you think they'd be proud or whatever, I'm just saying, like, what do you think they'll think of as that being their heritage, like? It's a really tough one to say because it's something I actually think about very often is how like especially being from um, like Punjabi culture where like obviously we are smaller like marginalized to an extent like obviously the history of violence against us in India and stuff like that it makes me feel more connected to it, it makes me want to learn about it it makes me want to be an activist as much as I can in a sense and like promote awareness mm -hmm. to this kind of stuff. I really, really, if I ever have children, would love for them to be aware, not just aware, but engaged in it. And I want them to care about it. I have younger cousins and like, the, obviously they are young, so there's not so much they can care about it right now. They're like under 10. Um, but they are aware of it. They do know what's going on. They've been taught it by their parents, which I think is really respectable. It's, it's a sticky one because you can't force someone to care about something. And if something's happened three, four, five generations prior to their existence, it's very hard to engage with it when all you know is fish fingers and beans. Cause that's what you've grown up on. Cause you've been born in England and you're a fifth, sixth generation immigrant. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's hard. You can't force someone to engage with something they've not had any connection with. Yeah. And they'll, and they'll struggle to find a connection with because it's so far removed from them. Obviously you'd want them to be proud. And the only, the, the only thing we can do as like future parents or whatever is just educate. Yeah. I, th I think you've got to do it with care though, because I think if you, if you push it, you run the risk of them going away from it. For example, yeah. something like my anchor always says to me is like, um, when sometimes I might feel like a little bit down about the fact that like, Oh, this is 50% of me. And yet I maybe, I'm not as knowledgeable as like someone else from the culture, which is always like, it's actually such a good thing that you've um, 
come to decide to engage with us at a later date yeah. because yeah. you are actively learning and um you're choosing to do it and in some ways i think yeah. i sort of even have more of an appreciation and like to engage with it more than she does for example with music especially like I mean, especially it goes with like the line of work that I'm in, but I'll know a lot more in turn and I'll, I'll enjoy listening to a lot more um, music by South Asian artists than she will purely because of the fact that she's grown up with it. So to her, it doesn't really, it's, it doesn't really have that much of an impact sort of thing. I think the fact that you're getting down about it is enough to say that you care enough about the fact that it's 50% of you. Do you know what I mean? I think it's commendable the extent to which that you want to learn and engage with it and obviously the music it helps with your job but like the music the music side of things or wanting to learn about history and stuff like I think you're doing the thing do you know what I mean like you're doing it so yeah. there's no reason to get upset but the fact that you are is obviously showing that you care yeah I mean I don't think I, I really care if anyone's like I, I mean I, I I think I would be th- thinking a bit too much myself if there if there is anyone i i doubt there's anyone out there who is actively policing what i'm doing but if they are then do one <laughs> like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of my that's kind of my rounding off point is that like you just can't have an opinion on how anyone else perceives their own cultural identity like it's just it's just on them to decide how they feel about it and you have to just give it time and we'll have to see for generations to come how this all plays out but at the end of the day we're all here and everyone's just trying their best yeah just focus on yourself yeah yeah That's thank cool. you simran for joining me today thank you thank you we'll be speaking very nice break from my interviews <laughs> yes guys what's good you tuned into mango masala pie radio south asian show my name's gerns and for the last segment of today's show i'm joined here by halima living her best corporate life how are you doing living my worst corporate life <laughs> so i'm having to do my own separate segment because i got held up in a meeting by guess how long one hour that business life those of you who work like client facing will know the joys are you meant to tell us that I, i'm no one knows where i work <laughs> i don't know do you have linkedin no i don't have linkedin okay well there we go there is i hate i refuse i refuse to get linkedin like i people are really surprised like i work a corporate job like you know i went to uni i did all of that i went to uni twice and i and i just completely flat out refused to have linkedin mm. i think I, it's a terrible platform i have seen you say this before and i do get where you're coming from in terms of it does like obviously it's good for like having sort of like a portfolio and finding work but then at the same yeah. time it always does just kind of feel like a bit like you're constantly having to boast saying i did that's this different. i did that like. like like it's 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 i do understand obviously that like it can be helpful in terms of opportunities networking and i know it is actually um impactful in helping people find jobs but even when i personally even when i was job searching and i was jobless i just and everyone was like just look on linkedin i just i refused because i just everything about that website is like it's all just like it, I just think it's so inhumane to have to like it's it's you're a, you're like it's a CV like I think it's so inhumane to have to like reduce your human self down to one like job profile you know and I know like CVs are essentially the the same thing but it's something about the architecture of the site and 
and all of it like you know what actually someone tweeted i saw i've been saying this and someone tweeted recently like the other day i saw <clears throat> someone was like we're all worried about um instagram but linkedin is the website that we should really be worried about in terms of like people's self-esteem and stuff like that mm. but that's my little linkedin run yeah nice little tangent there <laughs> you guys touch one will never see me on there never no no I, and also i just don't like people being like I just don't like people knowing about me. Do you know what I mean? Like, why yeah. do you need to know where I went to school and what I do right now? I don't like it. It's weird because I'm like on social media. Obviously, I'm very, I'm a very open book. Like, I talk about myself and my life and my family all the time and like on this show. But I feel like it's very controlled. Like, firstly, on social media, I've got like on my Instagram, I've got like six hundred follower requests. So I just don't. Mm-hmm. No, because I just do not accept anyone that I don't know. Wow, I, don't I, feel, know I feel so privileged. Or who I don't feel comfortable <laughs> like sharing my life with. And even then, I feel like there's an art to sharing enough, but not giving away too much. You know, I feel like people, on, if people who know me through social media would feel like they know me, but don't really know me. Do you know what I mean? Mysterious. A little bit is mysterious. <laughs> But with LinkedIn, yeah, I don't know. I just don't like the business of everyone just being able to see what you're doing and what you've done and what you've achieved and put and like reducing you down to those achievements. Oh, yeah. Not me. Well, going back to the topic of the day. Sorry, um, guys. Just a little tangent. So, um, as I mentioned at the start of today's episode, um, it's coming to the end of South Asian Heritage Month. Obviously, we're a South Asian show, so it seemed right to kind of just touch upon this and we have talked a bit before about like what heritage means to us what it means to be south asian that sort of thing but i think just to round things off halima like do you want to maybe just give your take on because i asked this to simran i thought it was quite like an interesting way um to look at it like in a few generations time we're going to be the topic of south asian heritage and how how do you feel about that Oh yeah, that's mad. Yeah, you know what? It's really interesting because <clears throat> um, this is like not even directly related to South Asia, but um, when you think about like, especially in, um, I guess like maybe Western countries or countries with a lot of like migration, um, in a few generations' times, everyone's going to be mixed race. Literally, I was saying this yeah like everyone is just going to be mixed race like i don't know like what the south asian demographic would look like i don't think there will be like right now you look at the south asian demographic and it is like people who are fully you know indian there's obviously mix like you yourself are a mix but like it is generally tends to be people who are fully indian fully pakistani fully sri lankan fully bangladeshi like etc etc because obviously migration is still was only like what um the general like we're still mostly first yeah. gen yeah um, this is literally what we're saying like about how like it is and i think we were saying about how like that means that it's a lot easier to embrace the culture because it's very much right there in front of you whereas obviously um people from europe are white as opposed to south asian but people might have some very distant french german spanish ancestry whatever um which might be quite far back and they might be so distanced from that culture because literally the migration happened so long ago whereas for us it's very much it is it's history but it's very much still it's, it, it people it's, are alive that still did it yeah 
Yeah. yeah that's still your culture. That's still your, because like you're still very much first gen, you know, like we've spoken time and time again, like literally last week we spoke about how, how strong the like South Asian community is in, 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 um, in the UK. Um, so it's actually very interesting to think about what South Asian culture and what the South Asian demographic and what the South Asian community might look like in a few generations times where I predict most people, most like young people will be the, some sort of mixed race. Um, I wonder whether like, cause South Asians as well. So one thing about South Asians in particular, that's interesting is that we're very, very stringent in our marriage practices. We're very like, we marry within our own. And I think that's, that's um, consistent within all South Asian cultures, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka. I know those communities tend to marry within their own. So I wonder if that's something that will, and, 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 and I also see like, it's not just the older generation that, try to push this but the young younger generation also accept it quite a lot um mm. and they also follow it quite like they will follow the orders of the elders quite a lot like i see all the time like south asians who date people from their from different races and then they'll marry someone who their parents want them to marry because this yeah. is a whole different conversation yeah but- I, I literally saw a tweet the other day that said like how it's not really fair for people to do that like say people that would maybe get into like a solid relationship with yeah. the idea that it would develop into something more uh, knowing inside themselves that like it's it's not gonna work out sort of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, is, it is really really like selfish it's really wrong but i see it happen all the time that's the point i see it happen all the time so there is also consensus within the younger generation that they really do follow these marriage practices as well um so i wonder whether that that thing that order and and, and instruction will be able to be passed down mm-hmm. so i guess maybe there will always be some some segment of the south asian demographic that are still very much like oh we marry within our own and stuff but i do also predict that maybe largely it won't be the case um mm-hmm. so it might be people who are like have got south asian ancestry rather than like their whole identity is south asian you know going on a bit of a tangent how do we think because I think, obviously, I think I think, unfortunately, in a few generations' time, racism is still gonna um, exist, quite prevalent throughout society. Do we think that there would be any steps in a more positive direction in regards to it being reduced slightly, considering that the majority of the population will be mixed, potentially not white? so obviously by by 2050 i think it's that i don't know if it's the uk or the world but i know that the main um ethnic demographic is meant to be mixed race right which obviously entails that perhaps um that a lot of people won't necessarily be perceived as being white necessarily um do we think that um we might see a reduction in um racism colorism etc as a one well, maybe not colorism because of like obviously yeah. people are mixing and um, that's all of a conversation but do we think basically i'm saying do we think there might be a reduction in racism considering that there'll be so many people who aren't white as the dominant um race that's a very interesting question and the the kind of realistic and the pessimistic side of me would be like i don't think so because um Firstly, even when there's like 
how many stories have we heard about like mixed race children being brought up in like racist homes like their their parent is still racist their grandparents that they're like say for example if it's like a non-white and a white mix um the, the the white side is still very much racist you know like we've seen white people be racist and still get with like ethnic people um, so I don't think that guarantee, like the, the the presence of like mixed race demographic, guarantees that there's not going to be any racism. Um, secondly, the colorism issue is interesting because I think that might give way to maybe even more racism because. Mm-hmm. For example, if like all like fully black or like fully Asian um, people become more like less like rarer, I guess it feels weird to say that, but like if they become um, that their population gets smaller, then I feel like there'll be increased um, like like hyper kind of like vigilance on them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like if, they're, if they're a lot easier of a target, a lot easier target, yeah. Right, like if there's less of them, they'll be more noticed, they'll be more noticeable, and, and they will be more targeted, absolutely, because then it's that whole thing of like, I mean, colorism and racism are just so inherently tied, aren't they? So I think that that might that might potentially give way to actually more racism um, in this day and age, why are you not a little bit white, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of knew that that was going to be the case, but I just thought it's interesting to think about, isn't it, considering that's the way things are going. Do you think yeah. as do you think as well that um, in the motherland, do you mm. ever see, because obviously we are we're a country of mass migration, like we just said, do you think mm. in the motherland, in India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, wherever, can you see like globalization occurring a bit more there and in terms of mixed the idea yeah, of mixed race know, families yeah. happening a lot more there yeah 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 you know what's so funny like you like someone like bangladesh has like well like had like no, virtually no tourism industry at all recently though like in the past couple of years there's been this like this growing trend of um like travel vloggers on like youtube travel vloggers like going to bangladesh because it's so like unexplored and it's like really like novel content for them so i've been watching a lot of like youtube travel vloggers go to bangladesh and they're like the undiscovered beauty of bangladesh i'm thinking undiscovered by who like there's like hundred and 60 million people that live in that country what do you mean by undiscovered literally like camera colonialism literally (laughs) that's one thing like where i feel where i feel like it's tourism might start to increase in in bangladesh because bangladesh is becoming like modernizing you know this i'm saying this in quality yeah you people can't see but for the past two minutes um halim's been like um air quoting every single everything yeah (laughs) So Bangladesh has been like modernizing. Um, so in that way, like I do, I do think that it's gonna bring a, like some more tourism into the country. And also, very strangely, like okay, tourism is one thing, but then I thought like there's no, no one, no one is moving to Bangladesh to live there. That's crazy. Why is it? Why is anyone going to Bangladesh? Recently, I watched this, like, YouTube video. There's this, like, place in Dhaka, in the capital, that's called Little Russia. And there's this, yeah, there's, like, a migration trend of Russians settling in Dhaka. 
and they've got their they've got their own like communities they've got russian shops imagine there's like in the place in Dhaka where this is like the local like bangladeshi like shopkeepers and stuff they've learned to speak small small russian for their customer base that's crazy that's insane I'm wondering um, why why what? it's something to do with like construction work because bangladesh is because of like bangladesh's like development especially in the capital is quite like fast right now um so there's always there's like, almost constantly like just new developments and something to do with like russian contracts russian workers or something like that so they're <clears throat> and the um, like russia helped bangladesh during the liberation war so interesting <laughs> i guess we have like good diplomatic relationship with with Russia, we had good diplomatic relationship with Russia. I don't know, but yeah, there's there's like a demographic of like Russian people, and I can totally see that happening. You know, like it's just so random. Like migration is just crazy. I think like sometimes in the West, we we do tend to have this like very, you know, like US, UK, like Western Europe, and or like the just West of the globe centric type of view where we think like you know apart from like the US and the UK and like France and Germany and those like rich western european countries like no one wants to migrate anywhere else but then like for example when um you know like russia invaded ukraine and then all of a sudden you're seeing there's actually like swathes of like um you know asian and african um people that had like migrated to ukraine you know for work for, for education whatever and it's something that you just you wouldn't think that there was a migration pattern there but there is yeah. you know so migration is a funny thing like I, there's there's just all types of migration everywhere to everywhere like i think as well it's because um the idea of migration is villainized so much by the people that are in charge here so therefore we think oh we think of it oh we, we're tr they tried to make us think of it as a bad thing whereas if you look at the stats i think we're not even in the top countries yeah, that are taking refugees so we're all not. the all these other countries are like taking in refugees and, and migration from other countries we just think that it's like obviously people are migrating here but we think it's like such a big thing and that it's only happening here because of the way that it's talked yeah. about as such like a negative thing yeah yeah 100 percent, 100 like i said it's a very like western eurocentric view um but in that regard I, yeah i do, <clears throat> i do think that bangladesh could be globalized i do think that there could be migration from all kinds of areas um who knows i mean it's more of a case of i think with regards to global warming and climate that i can't see that many people go in bangladesh so i feel like i i like I just blurred that out in my mind. I feel like I, just, I didn't even consider that because I feel like I just suppressed that fact in my mind because it's so like traumatic to think about. Yeah. Goodness gracious, you're right. It's sad. Right. Yeah. Yeah, let's move on from that. Yeah. We're talking about South Asian features. Let's move on. I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> well, it yeah. seems like a good positive thing to round off today's episode on. Yeah. Are just going to go off and cry for the rest of today? Yeah. <laughs> I'm traumatized, thanks, Carlos. You're welcome. We love to we love to see it. Gosh, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> well, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode on South Asian heritage. Um 
big up to the people yeah, yeah big up to the people that set this up a couple of years ago i also i was saying to Simon, i don't know why you decided to do it halfway through july to halfway through august like i don't know why we didn't just pick one month but at the same oh, time yeah. like yeah. at the same time great to obviously appreciate our roots and where we come from and yeah we will see you in a couple of weeks. We won't be here next week, but we'll be here. The yeah, week I've after. got a holiday, guys. I'm going yeah. on holiday. I will try to do like a schedule some time to do like a pre-record out there. Um, yeah, because you know you guys can't live without Halima. I know, you, I know you can't handle tones. Need my Halima content, so I'm going to yeah. try and schedule some time there. But otherwise, I'll see you guys when I'm back. Bye. Can't wait. Wait, were you gonna be thank you? Wait, so you might be 26 when we next see you. <laughs> yeah, you, thanks for talking. I need to go. Yeah, on that note. I'm going. <laughs> I don't say more. Carlos will just keep saying things to traumatize me. <laughs>